Welcome to the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. Hello listeners and watchers, it's Neil Buyan here from the SDR Disco Call podcast and we've got another great episode for you with a great SDR. Uh, in the past few weeks we had this guest reach out to us uh, via email to advise that they're interested in the show and kind of why they would be a great guest and I read it and I thought, yep, I would love to have this person on board. So I'd love to introduce you to Hannah Adams. Hannah, how are you doing today, miss? I'm really well, thank you, Neil. How are you doing? I don't normally get asked, but I'm doing really good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so we're currently on Friday, the 12th of November, 2021, end of the week. Uh, it's been a busy year. Uh, but Hannah, for the listeners and for the watchers out there, could you please tell us, like, who are you? Where are you based in the world? What do you do? And where are you at? Sure, happy to. And I'm so glad that you responded to my email when I reached out, um, hoping to be on the podcast. So thanks for having me, Neil. Um, I'm Hannah, like you said. And for the last 12 months or so, I have been an SDR in the UK University Partnerships team at a company called Handshake. Now, the company is actually fully remote at the moment. So I decided to move up to Edinburgh in Scotland. So you'll find me up here. Um, you're probably wondering what Handshake does. So what we yeah. are is a career management platform designed as like an early talent network. And our clear mission today is to democratize access to opportunity. So what do we mean by that? We mean that every student should have access to jobs and employers and building a meaningful career no matter what university they go to, what they're studying or who they know. So like I said, I'm on the university partnerships team and we can actually see that partners that are university partners at Handshake, they see a 60% increase in student engagement when compared with legacy systems. So that's three times the increase in student opportunities. And that's why we're the largest early careers network today. I love that. And with a lot of uh, my network, um, we're very proactive of people that are coming out of university to try and get into tech sales and being an SCR side of it. Um, and that was kind of like one of the questions that I asked you when we first connected, because when I looked at your LinkedIn profile, and we're going to show this in a moment, um, your title was University Partnerships at Handshake. And I kind of said to you, Hannah, are you an SDR? Because, you know, this show is for SDRs by SDRs. And we had a little conversation. Could you like elaborate a little bit further as to what is your role specifically and why do you have that title? It'd be interesting to know. Yeah, sure. Happy to. So, yes, I am an SDR, um, but we are part of the university partnerships team. Um, and what I mean by that is we're a three-sided network. So Handshake connects universities with their students and employers. So it's a really unique business and there's different different sales teams. Essentially, we call ourselves university partnerships because universities don't like being sold to mm. um, in that sense. So I hope that answers the question. 
100% does. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, and for the listeners and watchers, so if you're listening to this podcast in Apple or Spotify or your local provider, please make sure that you like, comment and subscribe. And equally, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please give us a like, subscribe and share this episode out because I'd love for people to meet Hannah as well. Uh, so Hannah, outside of sales, like what kind of things do you get up to and like what are your favorite things just, you know, outside of sales? I'm so glad you asked this, Neil, because I love traveling and it's really relevant because I've just got back from a city break earlier this week. I visited Rome, a really charming city that definitely takes you back in history. But when I'm not working in sales um, due to COVID restrictions, I do love to travel um, constantly on the move. I've lived in Dublin, London, and now Edinburgh, and really enjoy just exploring new cities, different hotspots, restaurants, and also it's a very different pace of life in these I cities. I love that. I love that. And funny enough, that was kind of like one of the main reasons that I got into sales like many years ago, because I remember saying that I want to travel. I want to go to new places. I want to see different cultures. And I think sometimes we forget that uh, going into this SEO position because, yeah, we want a career in sales, but it's the things that it can bring along with it. So, yeah, similar to yourself, I love traveling. I literally just got back from Amsterdam last week. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that was like after 22 months of not being able to travel because of COVID. So it's great that we can now actually, you know, uh, get out and about. So uh, as mentioned, it would be great to like kind of check you out on LinkedIn to kind of see like your career journey as to like, you know, how you got to where you are. So you've had an extensive career. Uh, so we can see uh, on your LinkedIn. So obviously you was at the University of Greenwich. Uh, you've been an admin assistant at Avato. You've worked in the event space. Uh, you've been a mentee. You've been an event manager, a waitress. You've been a woman student officer. Uh, I've also worked at the University of Greenwich Business School, and that's also interesting. I'd love to dive into that. Uh, you've been a social media manager, and obviously now you're at the University Partnerships at Handshake doing the SDR gig. Uh, and if anything, you're somebody that's very active on LinkedIn, and that's kind of like how I came across you. Um, and I was very uh, delighted when you actually emailed in to be a guest on the show. So I was prospecting ahead of time. Uh, so it's great to see it's coming to fruition. But Hannah, like in your own words, could you kind of walk us through like, you know, from the beginning of like, you know, coming from the University of Greenwich and going through all these roles to like how you ended up here? For sure, Neil. Yeah, it has been an interesting journey. And I think my LinkedIn profile does a good job of demonstrating that I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do after graduation. Um, Moving to London, an expensive city, you know, I had to have a part-time job alongside my studies, whether that was being a waitress or working in the student union. Um, So that's, I think those work experiences I then saw to be so crucial when I was applying to jobs um, for graduation, but also when I was trying to find a placement year. So one of the experiences you saw on my LinkedIn was that I had worked at the University of Greenwich in the business school. Mm. Now I actually undertook a 12 month, in, like a long-term internship placement year as part of my degree. And that was just phenomenal in helping me understand what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, So in terms of looking for roles after graduation, I graduated in the middle of a pandemic, which you can imagine (laughs) was uh, challenging. It threw everything up in the air and almost turned turned my aspirations upside down. But Mm. at the time, I was working in the university's career service. Mm. 
okay. which you would think, you know, hand in hand, Hannah's going to find a job. And Hannah was probably one of the most engaged students um, out there. I did mentoring programs, award schemes, uh, insight days at employer with employers. And um, I actually then lent back on a friend thinking, how did you get your job after graduation? Mm. So I reached out to my LinkedIn network looking for recommendations on employers that were hiring, but also recruitment agency agencies. They seemed to have all the jobs at the time. Um, <laughs> so my friend who previously um, was an SDR uh, went through a company called Venetrix uh, and yeah. they, they hire well, graduates um, for exciting, fast, like SaaS tech companies, yep. which, yeah. And that's how I kind of navigated the, my way to becoming an SDR. I love that. I love that. And there's so many pieces um, within that that I'd love to like, you know, elaborate a bit further on. So as you mentioned, um, obviously graduating from the University of Greenwich uh, and then kind of coming into that careers element and helping out there uh, and obviously graduating during a pandemic. And you mentioned like it kind of almost, you know, hindered those sort of aspirations and what you wanted to do. And a lot of people have gone through challenges of the pandemic career wise. And we're hearing this thing about the whole great resignation as a student who's, you know, you, you have these aspirations, you want to kind of like get into the working world and figure stuff out. What was going through your mind at the time about career and choices at that point when you just graduated, Hannah? That's a good point. I think there's, at the time, like everything was quite competitive. So I was setting my, I felt like I was setting myself up for failure by applying to big corporates, um, whether I wanted to work in finance, events, marketing, I wasn't entirely sure. and. I did my degree in business management, so that left me open to a lot of opportunity. Mm. Um, I definitely struggled in navigating that transition from academia to the job, the job market and the job search itself. Yeah. Yeah. And th th those are interesting points. So I've got a lot of friends um, that, you know, they've, they've rec recently graduated or, you know, in the last couple of months I'm speaking to, a lot of people that have been applying for SDR positions, they've come straight out of uni, they're looking for this sort of first job and trying to make those choices and, you know, navigate that career and figure out, okay, what the hell do I want to do? So I'd love to know, like, when you took on this business management and you was going for this degree, like, what was your going, what was in your mind before that? As to, okay, where does Hannah see herself going? Why is she choosing that sort of course? And then when you come out on the other end, you know, like, how did you navigate those choices and which ways that you wanted to go? That's, that's a good question. This is making me think back to <laughs> back when, when I was in Dublin at secondary school and making the decision to move country to go to a university in the UK in London. And that in itself, I thought would have a lot more opportunities graduating into a city full of employment. And, yeah. you know, um, I think it's a tricky one because I think I studied business management because I, w I was leaning towards the, an, a career in events. Mm. Um, and that's why I did my placement in the business school events team at um, the university. And I'm so glad that I did because whilst I learned a lot along the way, I realized that wasn't the career path for me. Mm. So I think these work experiences you can do at university, whether it's in a sales role or an internship, you can definitely learn early on that that's not maybe suited to your skill set or that's not what you love and are passionate about doing. Mm. 
And that, that's an interesting point because it's something I've spoken to a lot about with guests that have come on this show. You know, they've gone out uni, they've had this heart and mindset that this is kind of a world and that's why they're studying what they're doing. And they can sometimes come to that conclusion of, do you know what? I don't know if I want to do this. And it's totally fine to like change your mind as to, you know, where you want to go in direction. But for you, uh, as you said, like you was doing that placement, you was kind of working within events. What was that turning point that made you realize that isn't where your head's at? For me, I think you have to weigh up, um, you know, your time is worth money. And for me, events was a lot of after hours. Um, you know, you were, you were working late in the evenings, you were working on a Saturday, you were working. And I think I was leaning back on colleagues that, you know, that was their career. And they said, yeah, you'll, you'll be called in all times. Mm. Um, so for me, that didn't work with my lifestyle choices. I wanted to live in London and not be working on the weekends. I wanted to be able to go home at night and switch off. And I think with the events, there was con a constant flow of, you know, the calendar was full. So Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing. Um, and kind of like going through that journey again of like, you know, um, like after going through different jobs. Uh, and then you said this interesting piece where you're looking uh, towards your friends uh, and you kind of like had friends that did the SDR position and you're leaning into them to kind of figure out how did you get your job and like mm -hmm. kind of what you're doing. And the reason why I'm asking this is um, about two weeks ago, I was in Amsterdam where we were doing like a career workshop open day for SDRs or people that were interested in tech sales. And we had a lot of people that came from university um, and like they're looking for their first job. Um, and my hope is that more universities, you know, kind of like what you're doing with Handshake is to introduce them into that world of tech sales. Mm. So when you spoke to your friend and they were an SDR and perhaps this was something completely new, like what was your understanding of sales before having that discussion? How did you come into the idea of maybe this is something for me? And how did that solidify to actually taking action with that? It's funny thinking back to that conversation again with a friend. Um, and it's funny how we definitely lean on our personal networks as well as professional connections. But yeah. at that stage, I was, you know, in my final year of university, lent back on that friend and she said, Lo, I went through Venetrix, got my, got my role as a SDR. And I was, I really was asking her lots of questions about, but what do you do on a day to day basis? What does mm. that involve? Because to me, say a sales role, um, before I had a proper understanding of what it was, was picking up the phone, cold calling. It was, it was hand in hand with marketing. I knew that they do mm. complement each other. And I definitely enjoyed marketing at university, but I was never selling anything. Mm. So how I ended up at Handshake in terms of ed tech sales, which I had never heard of before, yeah. um, either was working in the employability office. I was using a platform, which, you know, you take for granted every day thinking, oh, it's just a platform the university uses. Yeah. Um, but that platform was connecting students with employers and then finding out about Handshake and their mission. I was like, well, this really aligns with why I'm working in the career service to help students find jobs, increase their employability and student engagement. and yeah, it went hand in hand, really aligned with what I was doing personally and professionally, I guess. 
a proper handshake then, right? Yeah. <laughs> I had to get a pun in there somehow. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, like living and breathing that world of trying to help other people to find their careers and jobs. And then, like you said, using a platform uh, and then thinking, you know what, this. So would I have it right that you was using Handshake? Was that the EdTech platform that you was using or how did you come across Handshake? It wasn't actually um, the platform that we were using at my university, but it was similar. Obviously, Handshake has a lot of differences and I'll get on to um, part of the interview process, uh, yeah. Handshake, which um, I'm sure you'll have questions about. But we were tasked with um, to showing I had never seen Handshake before, before the interviews. Mm. And we were tasked with um, completing some some kind of puzzle I guess within the platform almost doing a walkthrough demo okay and I knew how to use it just like that because it was similar to what I had been using as an employability administrator mm. um, and they were impressed how do you know how to use that <laughs> so that's how I that's how I, I found that. out about it I love that I love that and that that's the um so a lot of like takeaways there so you know um, in terms of like living a life of trying to help out people, uh, find their careers using solutions and platforms in that sort of space, it's kind of gearing you up ready to like jump into that world as well. And I think one thing that I love to hear that I heard from you is that where you lent into your friends about asking about what's the day to day? What does it mean to be an SDR? Because you have this inclination as to, Sales being smiling and dialing is just emails and just trying to contact people and pitch stuff to them. And it's so much more than that. So I have met in the last few months a lot of candidates who really have no idea what the hell an SDR is or kind of like what the job entails. And it's something I ask in the interview process as to, in your own opinion and words, what do you think an SDR does? And here it helps me as a hiring manager kind of qualify as to where their interests are. Are they looking for something to, you know, engage in a new career or are they just looking for a job, you know? Um, and at the end of interviews, I always ask the pertinent question of, do you think there's anything else you could have done different on this interview today if you had another chance? And a lot of them do say, I wish I researched the SDR job a little bit more because I will fully be transparent and say, what is it about? It's very tough as well. It's not the easiest job in the world and not everybody's built out for this. Um, but if you do your research, you know, you can kind of know what you're letting yourself into as well. Uh, and your point of, you know, using a platform, doing the puzzle, the walkthrough demo, and then, you know, then the team seeing like how good you are at it. That's kind of like how I fell into my first SDR job. I used to work in finance. I used a financial platform and it was actually the platform and the company I ended up working at for my first ever SDR job. Because when I was in the interview process, they're like, what do you know about Zora? And I was like, it's a financial planning system. It plugs into your ERP. And they were looking at me like, dude, you did your homework. And I was like, yeah, because I used it, you know. So having that experience is also a great way. So listeners and watchers, if you're using any sort of SaaS tech tools and you really like it and you become a geek out on it, then those are future careers. And I remember uh, Ellie Twigger, again, one of our uh, previous guests who works at Salesloft, she used to use Salesloft in her previous role. And she loved it so much that she ended up working for the company. So that, that's a great uh, journey to have. Um, and then now coming back to yourself, like with Handshake. So what was it like prepping for that interview, going through that process? And what was life like when you started on with onboarding with them? Yeah, that takes me back. And um, funnily enough, I was just having dinner with three of my managers last night and we were reminiscing on how many interviews there were and how long a process it was to get hired. 
Mm. Um, but as a recent graduate, I was really ambitious. I had the motivation and so excited. It was a long process, but we started off by making pre-recorded videos, prospecting mm. to a university. So I kind of put my like my prospecting hat on and was yeah. pretending that I was selling to my current manager at the time, the platform. And then in addition to this, like I said, we had to do a walkthrough of Handshake, having never seen it before to um, two people at the are on the team. Yeah. Before all of that, I forgot to mention, there was an assessment center involved. Okay. So four interviews later and one assessment center. Wow. I got the, I got the job. <laughs> Congratulations. So you've got the job um, and you've gone through. So that, that's a really interesting process, like a, a hiring process, because it's something I'm currently tweaking with one of my clients uh, where we have the initial like interview with the recruiter. They mm -hmm. then schedule an interview with myself as a hiring manager. Um, and then the next step is we introduce them to a current AE and an SDR. And that's more like kind of a culture check to see a does the candidate see themselves working with people like this and vice versa? Um, and before they meet with our CEO, we do a video task. So what I ask them to do is record uh, a vidyard or a loom to say like, why this company? Why now? And why them? And the reason that I do that is I would envision them working on my team and being an SDR and contacting, you know, prospects. And I just want to see how they present themselves and, you know, do they have that spark? And I'm not looking for a pitch perfect video. I'm just seeing, does, does that person have potential? And then they have the final interview with our CEO and, and we have an offer. And I have had the feedback that this is a very long process and Neil, we could speed this up, but I think you want the candidate to know what to expect. And is this the kind of company they want to work for? And equally, we want to know, is this a person we want to bring on board as well? Um, but you're an experience, like in your experience of like going through a recruitment drive and, you know, testing out the company, doing your research and then getting that position. What tips would you give to, you know, somebody that's about to go into an interview process? What tips would you give them? This is quite relevant because one of my friends is going through the same um, recruitment process that I did. So I think firstly, don't be put off by how long the process may be. You don't know at the start of it, really. Um, yeah. It could be one interview, two interviews, you just don't know. But hard work does pay off. Um, and I guess if you're joining a SaaS organization or you're joining as an SDR, maybe you'll be one of the first hires in a team that's scaling or yeah. at a large corporate. So that's one tip, hard work. <laughs> um, secondly is do your homework for sure. Um, I think I was on a train down from Scotland to London preparing for about four hours before my you know back to back yeah. interviews to the, yeah. the end of the week yeah do your homework and um i think my last one would be is connecting with the, the people your hire or your recruiter on linkedin um yeah. and that way then they can easily access your linkedin profile if it's make sure that it's looking presentable and you've got all your experience there because whilst they can have a look at your cv i think putting a face to the name, but also if you've got LinkedIn content you're putting out there, you want it to be seen. Yeah. Indeed. I, I agree with all of those tips. And the reason being because now that I'm acting as a hiring manager, those are exactly the things that I'm looking out for. So when I'm in an interview, uh, I ask like the candidate, like, what do you know about our company? What do you know about our history? Uh, 
They can sometimes say what the product is, looking at the website. And again, I'm not looking for somebody who's an expert, right? That's our job to make you the expert when you come onto this company through onboarding. But I just want to see if they have a genuine interest as to who we are as a business and do they know much about us? Because the reason being is when you're an SDR, you have to go research companies that you're going to reach out to. So it's kind of like the early stages of, you know, what they're doing. And similarly, uh, I get lots of CVs and it's very time consuming to go through. But what I typically do is I go straight onto LinkedIn to see like, you know, how they present themselves. And again, they may not know how to build a great LinkedIn profile right now. Again, that can be taught, but I'm looking for, you know, their experiences. Are they, you know, active on LinkedIn? Are they connecting with people? Are they commenting on posts? And I'm looking for that person who, you know, is open to using social media um, because again, these are things that we want to do when we become an SDR. Uh, so again, for anybody out there, like you don't have to be a complete expert, but to your point, like making yourself presentable, making sure that, you know, your LinkedIn's up to date. Um, and yeah, to your point, putting a face to a name because words, there is no emotion, but I can get a sense or check of that person by checking out the LinkedIn, similar to like how I came across yourself. And I do want to be asking you about your LinkedIn profile because, uh, again, you're somebody highly active on there and I'd love to get some more insights and tips for you for our listeners and watchers. Um, but coming back to Handshake, so you got the job. What was it like onboarding and being that, you know, this is your first tech sales role and being an SDR? What was those first few months like for you? Completely. It was daunting, um, <laughs> to say the least, because <laughs> I, we, I was onboarded fully remote um had didn't meet my colleagues until earlier this year for the first time in person yeah so having that switch to be sitting in front of a laptop every day whether it was watching webinars pre-recorded um training videos but also one thing that i loved was watching calls that my manager had done or our oh. counterparts in the us that was definitely my favorite learning through watching videos that have been previous conversations. But one, another, um, another thing that we did early on was get into some training courses with Sales Impact Academy. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan as well here. Yeah. Um, I did my first outbound prospecting course and thought, okay, this is great. I know what I'm doing now in this role, but then leveled up with, um, a social selling course mm. um, a few months later. And at the moment I'm doing the negotiation through tactical empathy course. Mm -hmm. And I love doing these courses because, you know, whilst the team doesn't have the capacity to attend all of them, the ones that we do, we can then share internally. And I've done a 10 minute masterclass before in social selling for our US sales team. Um, but that's how, that's how I got involved really in the inboard onboarding and then no like um you know like at your laptop every day like watching webinars watching like pre-recorded calls or you know like meetings like from your manager that's a great way to learn because you're able to see like how do they do it and then i think off the back of that you can always be asking those sort of questions as to why do you do this uh like why have you said that and that's a great way of learning on the job as well um, and I love that piece of, you know, Sales Impact Academy, like big shouts out to Shifra and the team out there. I really love uh, Sales Impact Academy. Um, like you've taken it to do classes. So here's the thing that I've always thought and tell me what you think. I'd love to get your opinion on it. With some SDRs, uh, I found that I've trained or coached in the past. They're always waiting to be given something to go learn. And I always feel this thing of that's fine. You know, when you're a new hire, 
But over time, the onus is on you to own your learning and to go find out stuff that you want to, you know, figure out. So be it cold calling, be it LinkedIn social selling, if it's, you know, how to write creative emails. And I always say to my team members or students, like, there's nothing stopping you from going out there to go find that. And if I'm your manager at the time, by all means, bring it to me. And if we can see the value in it, then by all means, jump on it. I remember like when I was, uh, when I transitioned into being an SDR manager, at the time, there was no curriculum or there was no onboarding for manager training. And I always used to go to like my manager and head of HR and say, could I jump on this course? Like, you know, to get the understandings, because right now I'm managing and leading a team and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I only know how to be an SDR, you know? Yeah. So like, you know, with Sales Impact Academy, was that something pushed by your own company to get engaged in or, you know, was it something that you did on your own accord? How did that work? So with Sales Impacts Academy specifically, it was something that was pushed by my manager for yeah. the first outbound prospecting course. But for the others, um, I've gone on proactively to get involved in them for my own sake and going forward to level up to an account executive role. I've definitely, something I struggled with at the beginning was public speaking. Um, and when you're on calls, essentially, that's what you're doing. Um, or if you're getting involved in a webinar with your company, something like that. So f finding those areas that you want to challenge yourself to improve on and then going to be proactive and finding a way to practice, but also get advice from others. Um, so two things I'll shout out is Toastmasters for public speaking really pushed me to talk about all sorts of things. Um, I did a couple, joined a couple sessions there. And then the other thing is I've always loved having a career mentor, someone to bounce ideas off. And I found one through Women in Sales Everywhere. It's called Wise. Um, found a mentor um, at Sales Loft and love um, practicing with her and getting advice on how to level up. Absolutely love that. So again, it's really uh, encouraging to hear that, you, you know, your manager is pushing you towards courses, but then you're taking the onus to go find other things. Uh, finding a mentor as well, I think is, is, is a key thing. So what would you say to the SDR that's thinking, you know, I want to learn, but I'm just waiting to be told what to do? What advice would you give to that person? I would say that you're, that's a good question. I'm thinking now off the top of my head, I'd say don't wait around to be given opportunities. Um, you have to take them into your own hands, like working at Handshake, it's a small organization and you're responsible for your own learning. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. You are responsible for your own learning. Um, so the other piece that I said at the beginning uh, of our, our conversation today is like, I want to dive into your LinkedIn a bit more because you're somebody who's, you know, quite socially active and that's kind of how you caught my eye. So again, for the people watching this episode on our YouTube channel, don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. Uh, I'm just sharing out your LinkedIn profile. And, and what I can see is that you've got some featured content here and you've, you know, you've put out quite a few videos. And again, that's how I kind of came across you. So this is something that I'm currently trying to push with my team because they say to, uh, I remember I had an, an interview with a candidate and they asked me the question of, do you want us to be like active on LinkedIn? Do you want us to be posting stuff like what is the stance on your company? And I said, I would 100% love you to be like on LinkedIn and actively and be social. And she said, all right, I love that. I love that because I love to write stuff. I like to do creative stuff. And that's the reason why I wanted to be an SDR. So like with you, uh, 
being socially active on LinkedIn, like why do you do it? Uh, what things do you like to do? And are there any tips for anybody that would like to do something similar? Yeah, definitely. I am a big fan of using LinkedIn to establish my social presence, but also building visibility in a remote environment. Um, so what I mean by establishing my presence, like it can be hard doing that remotely, but also as a woman in technology. So doing that definitely helped me in terms of building recognition in my company, whether it was in the UK or the US, um, but also establishing a kind of re relationships with prospects. You can use LinkedIn as touch points and I'll go into that in a minute. But some, some tips, I, think, I guess, I, that I have for people would be to start leveraging your LinkedIn profile. If it's not fully built out, you can find the time um, because it is worth it having your courses, whether you're um, an SDR joining, like we said, um, courses to help you level up. Make sure you pop them on your LinkedIn profile as well. Um, and then making sure that the company you're working for currently is on there as well as what yeah. you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I think making your profile prospects-centric, um, if that makes sense, make it relevant mm. to them. So if they are looking and thinking, why should I connect with this person, yep. um, make it relevant. So any content that I put out there is going to be relevant to universities because I'm in the university partnerships team. <laughs> but trying to turn that social engagement into real conversations can be done. Obviously, there's different ways in prospecting. But what I've loved since cold calling hasn't been an option for us the last couple of months, mm. well, more than a couple, but um, <laughs> universities haven't been on campus. You know, offices have been closed. So... Mm. I've had to resort to getting creative, whether it's videos on Vidyard or um, or LinkedIn voice notes. They became yep. a thing at some point. Um, <laughs> and people, I've got all sorts of nice messages back going, I didn't realize that was a feature on LinkedIn. This is great. <laughs> um, and um, then I started getting out of my comfort zone with videos. Mm. Um, I think once you build up that network and you've got something interesting to say, whether it's a webinar, your company's doing some insights on data research that the company has, something that provides value and then just be your authentic self and it'll come across well in the videos. It's just getting, getting there. Thank you. Those are some solid tips as well. Um, and I'm somebody, I remember I was saying this to one of my uh, team members the other day. They're like, Neil, how long have you been on LinkedIn? And I said, I think it's been about 13 years. They're like, dude, you're old. And I was like, yeah, I know. Um, but back in the day, I just used to look, use LinkedIn just to connect with people. I didn't really do anything after I connected with them. Uh, and then I kind of went through this phase of working for companies. And every time the company shared something social, I would just reshare that. And I noticed that there wasn't as much engagement to the post, but I thought, here I am promoting the brand, trying to get people interested in the product, but people didn't really care about that. Uh, and I've also noticed uh, in terms of analytics, like with my own company, company page posts don't get that much engagement and it's something to do with the algorithm. But if you as an individual share something where you own the content or post it natively onto LinkedIn, you get higher engagement yeah. as well. So that's why even with Happy Selling, when promoting this podcast, I'll do it from our company page and I'll do it from my personal page. My Percy always gets more engagement. 
So what I always try to advise SDRs is, all right, if you've got a webinar coming up or you've got a great case study or video testimonial, don't just put the video up and say, here's our customer, this is what they achieve. People don't care because they can go get it from the company page. But I would say read into that, find something really juicy that really stands out to you and then give your two cents on it. And that way it invites the people to have a quick blurb and a personal perspective as to why should they read that. And then it will then prompt them to go into the content to then view it uh, and then ask impertinent questions as to what would your thoughts be on this approach? Could you see this working for yourself? And if so, how? Uh, and then, you know, building a conversation around that. And I found that's what gets, you know, the engagement up and it helps with networking and how I come across new SDRs, how I come across new salespeople uh, and putting it out there. And that's kind of what I've learned is my personal brand. So it's not just sharing what a company can share, but what do I like and what am I passionate about and why am I interested in this piece of content? What, what are your thoughts on that, Anna? I completely agree with that. Finding that juicy piece and making it your own. Um, sure, the company profile will, will um, put out their own content, but if you make it your own and make it relevant to your prospects, they're going to engage with it. And yeah, I've seen that myself through the videos. I think I get far more engagement than just sharing, I don't know, just sharing some some letters and words. I think <laughs> see being able to visually see things, even photos, if you're not comfortable with videos, photos are great. Um, team bonding as well. Like when you're when we're out and about and able to connect with colleagues, I think capturing those moments and sharing it back with your network also makes you seem like a real person you're not just selling you're not just a salesperson you're a real person as well indeed yeah. and it's that whole thing of you know people on linkedin it's like a big <laughs> facebook for work that's why i look at it um and the things that i've noticed like since the pandemic is i've seen some people moan about saying is this appropriate for linkedin mm -hmm. or you know should you be sharing certain personal things etc etc and the way that I look at it is before the pandemic, I used to, you know, believe that like LinkedIn was business profession. You just keep personal stuff off of that. And then with the pandemic, LinkedIn kind of became the virtual office for the world, you know, because everybody was stuck at home. They still wanted to feel like they were part of something. And people were sharing crazy cool stuff like voice notes, cool ways to do videos, how to do social selling. Uh, doing events or cold calling competitions and, you know, sharing about what they got up to in the weekend to help with their mental health, what they're doing with their team, like doing virtual steps and stuff like that. And I see a lot of people moan about it, but I'm just like, get with the program because people buy from people. People want to know about that personal side of them as well. And if something, it brings a bit of brightness to LinkedIn, then I'm all in for it and I'm all game for it as well. Um, and it's, you know, trying to understand that, you know, that balance of what is personal or not. But I think I'm inspired by like people such as yourself. When I see them on LinkedIn posting that video, giving their own little quirkiness to it, that's what gets my attention. And I want to learn more about that person. And then, hey ho, here we are today, you know? So I think it definitely helps. We're not just there to sell because the company pages can do that. The demos, the websites can do that. But what people want to know is who are you as an individual? And what is, you know, like you said, should I add you to my LinkedIn network? Am I going to get any value and insights? That's kind of like how I see with with social selling. I could go on about it for hours. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as we're kind of like coming towards the the end of the show, it's been absolute a pleasure to have you on board. Um, I kind of asked this pertinent question where, okay, I would love you to give three bits of advice to somebody who's about to embark on this sales development journey, or perhaps three bits of advice for your future self. Which path would you like to go down today, Hannah? Oh, 
I will go with helping others because that's what I'm here for. <laughs> go for <laughs> um, it. So what would I share to myself as a younger SDR back 12 months ago? Well, we'll start off with saying fully optimize your LinkedIn profile to start generating leads. Um, make your content and profile customer focused. That's one yep. key takeaway. Secondly is um, knowing the importance of your personal brand. So if that's within your organization, trying to become a thought leader in your company, whether it's about culture, whether it's about, um, you know, creating women in technology groups, um, but also, yeah, practice speaking and public, well, speaking publicly about yourself, yep. whether it's internally, um, without that kind of ick factor. I, I used to have that and, um, yeah, now I don't. So, and lastly would be, leverage your relationships um so what i mean by that is establishing your virtual presence so if it's not on linkedin you know it's where your prospects are meeting them where they're at um and contacting them through different mediums creating those different touch points so whilst email is probably the most effective for my my scenario yeah. um it may be phone it may be written messages voice notes in mail for you and don't hold back when you're leveling up those touch points. Thank you so much for sharing that wisdom, Hannah. I really do appreciate it. Again, for the listeners and watchers, we say thank you. Um, so obviously, like with people that are going to be watching or listening to this show, if they wanted to pick your brain or, you know, ask any questions about any topics we've discussed today, or just, you know, maybe they're looking about to get into a career of sales development and they want to speak to you, or maybe they want some help with Handshake, who knows? What's the best way to get in touch with yourself? Well, we've talked about LinkedIn a lot on this uh, on this podcast, but you can definitely reach me there. Um, I should update my profile that I've recently received um, a promotion to a mid-market account executive. Woohoo! Congrats! So feel free to reach out to me if you want tips on um, how to get promoted, but also kind of succeed in your sales career as an SDR. Oh, that's again congratulations so happy to hear that and what i'll do for the listeners and watchers i'll put hannah's uh linkedin link in the show notes so feel free to connect with her send out messages but hannah again it's been an absolute pleasure we'd love to get you back on as a future guest and you know see how life has moved on since today uh but i just wanted to say have a great weekend happy selling and thank you for being a guest on the sdr disco call podcast thanks for having me here see you Thank you so much for listening to our show today. If you work in tech sales and have a career or story that you'd love to share, then please email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'll be in contact to book in a show. 